Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Can't Teach Size, a hockey podcast. My name is Liz. I'm one of your regular hosts, and if you're watching this on video, you can see that Brady, my other regular co-host, wants to die right now, and that's because we started recording this episode a little while ago and realized that there was some stuff with our audio. We were muted on our system, and it just wasn't picking anything up. So here we are. This is round two for us, but round one for you. We are excited to talk a little bit about the NHL playoffs today. Obviously, these are getting started at the beginning of next week. And this is a hockey podcast where we like to touch on a little bit of everything that's going on in the league. So we're excited to have Alex with us today to talk a little bit about what we can expect in the first round of the NHL playoffs in all eight of the matchups that we're going to see. So, Alex, how are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. Um, I say I'm laughing right now just looking at Brady's face, who uh, <laughs> isn't having the best time, but uh, I'm having a good time. And as I said, and I'm just excited to talk some some playoff hockey and excited to watch some playoff hockey in the next uh, week coming here. So, yeah, I I'm I'm feeling real bad right now. I I I'll, like just some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, Alex joined us, and then uh, I had to tap dance to try and get everything set up. We finally finally get everything going, and then I realize about you know after recapping an entire series, we <laughs> I didn't have any audio from both of them. Um, anyways, uh, if you guys want, please check out Alex. He's from, uh, he's, he does stuff with Locked On Sense. He does, uh, his own podcast at Eminem, uh, or not at, uh, Eminem Podcast. Please do check it out. I was on there a little bit ago to talk about the playoff race, but obviously that might not be as relevant now, but he also has been doing his own, uh, predictions there as well too. So please do check him out. Uh, all right, guys, I'm so sorry. Also, we're back. It's been a while. Uh, we're back from getting cigarettes, uh, <laughs> and uh, anyways, but we're here to talk about the playoffs. So let, let's get her rolling. Uh, waste a, lo- a little bit less time here. Uh, we're gonna talk first about the Colorado Seattle series. Um, Alex, how are you feeling on the series? Where do you see this going? Who do you think has the upper edge? Uh, just let, let us know what you think about this series. Who's gonna win and stuff like that. We'll we'll do predictions after, but uh, give us an idea of what you think. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be the uh, the interesting thing to keep an eye on with Seattle. Uh, a great, great story this year. Again, not many people would have uh, thought that they would make the playoffs, I don't think, if you were predicting stuff back in September and October. But I really liked how they built the team with their four core and even the defense core. They got um, really good depth up front. All four lines can, can beat you by scoring goals, and all four lines are really responsible as well. So... Um, and then same with the blue line, but the, the big thing I worry about with the Seattle team is they lack a star. Um, you know, Matty Beneers looks like he's going to become that and, and is, you know, taking steps towards that. And obviously they have other very promising prospects in their system. But if we're talking right here, right now, they don't have anyone who can match a Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, Amiko Rantanen even. And uh, I worry a little bit about that. I, I do like the Kraken's depth compared to the Colorado Avalanche, uh, especially with no Gabriel Landeskog now, unfortunately. And he's been ruled out for the rest of the season, didn't get to play at all after knee surgery. Um, but yeah, I just think that uh, star power wins out more often than not. And uh, I think in the case of when Colorado's got such aggressive star power and it's not like they have bad depth by any means, um, I'm going to be interested to see what Seattle can do to try and contain that and then go back the other way themselves as well. For sure, yeah. I Looking at this series, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It really is a matchup of star power versus depth. Uh, obviously, the the Avalanche uh, do have some injuries, like Gabe Lanscog likely will not play in the playoffs. Uh, Kale McCarr is still, I think he's still kind of injured, but I'm sure he'll be, I'm, I'm sure that's one where he's just kind of day-to-day waiting till the playoffs uh, to actually kick into gear. But uh, it, it is really interesting looking at this series. This is one of the more interesting ones, in my opinion, just due to the fact that uh, like, man, when you talk about depth, like that is the Seattle Kraken's mantra of how they built this roster. Uh, like just seeing guys like Daniel Sprong, uh, Eli Tolvanen, Oliver Bjorkstrand on their third and fourth lines. Like those are all guys who can score. And if you look this year uh, in regards to depth scoring, um, I think that uh, I'm pretty sure the the Seattle Kraken were significantly above any of the other teams on you know the percentage of score of goals they had that were scored by their bottom six. Um, so that'll be really interesting to see. I'm interested to see how Jamie Alexiak can do uh, as a big guy in the playoffs, and uh, you know he's he's got a bit of a mean streak, so that's always uh, interesting and fun to watch. Um, but really, I think the X factor for this one here, looking at it, is like I. 
I'm just not that confident in Seattle's goaltending. Uh, having Philip Grubauer, uh, you know, ever since he kind of went to Seattle, we saw that, you know, when he was with the Avalanche, that maybe was a team carrying a goalie rather than a goalie carrying a team. Uh, Their starting goalie this year, which is Martin Jones, is still injured. Uh, and I have no faith in him, despite how good he's been this year. Um, so this will be a really interesting series. Uh, Liz, how are, you, how are you feeling on the Avalanche and, uh, and, and Kraken series here? I think it's going to be really interesting to watch just because of how many unknown quantities there are. This Avalanche team, um, while it does look pretty similar to how it looked last year, and you'll find me repeating this one particular area over and over, probably in every single series that we talk about. But goaltending is such a weird thing, right? And in the playoffs, it just becomes an X factor times a million. Um, And they have a different goaltender than they did last year. Is it a better or worse goaltender? That's kind of subjective. But um, so that's a really different variable that um, changes a lot of things. So while they look the same without Gabe Landeskog and without Darcy Kemper, it's not the exact same team. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare. I am team star power over depth. I think usually uh, it wins out for the most time, even in playoff hockey. Um, but that being said, when it comes down to something like line matching, I'm really interested to see um, maybe when you match one of those Daniel Sprong-esque type lines against a weaker Colorado third or fourth or second line or whatever you want to call it. Um, maybe that's where the scoring comes out and it could pull through. As far as predictions go, I do still have Colorado in five. I think this team is too good to not win this. Um, I think even though Seattle has better depth, um, I think it's, you know, Colorado's depth is nothing to scoff at either. So I think that there are a lot of good players in this team. And I think just as far as, you know, if you look at something like Dom Luce-Chishin's, like uh playoff checkbox or whatever it's called, I think... I have Colorado ahead of Seattle in most of those categories. So I'm going Colorado in five, um, but I'm really interested to see how Seattle tries to hold their own there. Alex, what are your, uh, what are your predictions? Yeah, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to go Colorado in four. Actually. I just don't trust mm-hmm. that Seattle goaltending. Both of them were at an eight ninety five save percentage or so on the season. Um, I, I could see Seattle stealing a game for sure. I think Colorado in five is Probably the most likely outcome if you are a betting person, but just to switch it up, I'll, I'll go Colorado in four. I I'd be surprised if Seattle can take it to uh, six or seven games, but I hope I'm I'm surprised because I'd like to see them have some success. I, I'm just a little worried about the goaltending. Yeah, for me, I, I you know I wanted to be the one who takes Seattle in this series, and I was fully prepared to say that on this podcast until I scrolled down and saw Philip Grubauer in net and remembered the fact that they. The, the Kraken just don't have the goaltending for this matchup, I don't. I, I think. Um, but I do think they will steal a couple games just naturally through. Uh, I, I, I don't know. There's something about this Avalanche team that I feel is is maybe a little more different than we think. Um, despite, I think they do have a better goalie. I think Georgiev's better than Kemper was last year. But I just think that there are certain guys, like losing Kadri, um, having Landis Cog out, is, is much bigger than we might think. Um, but I do think it in the end, the avalanche do come out on top here. Uh, so I'm going to take the avalanche. I think I'm going to go with in six. That's fair. And I think we got, you know, we covered the four, five, six bases here. So not a lot of faith in Seattle to actually pull through here. But, um, like you said, the whole star power piece, I have a lot of faith in Maddie Beneers to really be that guy for them in a couple of years and Shane Wright as well. I'm excited for this team. They mm-hmm. have some really interesting pieces and it's nice to see, um, you know, they were kind of underwhelming in the opposite way of Vegas in their first year who will move into right away. But, you know, Vegas was too good in their first year and everyone was kind of bored. It was like, this isn't fair. This isn't fun. Um, and Seattle was terrible. So it's nice to see that they've been able to to pick themselves up a little bit. And then they're, they're a likable team, in my opinion. I, I don't mind them at all. So, but while we talk about, um, you know, we talked about the first one versus wildcard matchup and talked a little bit about Vegas. Let's move into the next one. Obviously, we could go on a huge tandem about this series. All of us could because Brady and I are Jets fans. As you can see by Alex's background, if you're watching, he's got some Jets bias too. Or maybe he's just a jersey collector. collector but I'm going to diagnose him as a Jets fan just for <laughs> he's today. He's got the stone jersey too. <laughs> Ooh. Um, so Vegas and Jets are obviously a pretty interesting matchup as well. For those of you who are familiar with the Winnipeg Jets lack of playoff success in recent history, uh, their best run was in the 2017-18 season where they lost to Vegas in five in the Western Conference final, which still stings a little bit. So a lot of us Jets fans are ready, ready to take this one on, even though if I had to count, they probably have about three of the same players as they did in that year. Um, but that's all to say. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. My quick um, preview and diagnosis of it. 
um, is that I think that this Vegas team is kind of unpredictable and weird. Um, and I think that goaltending is a question mark for them as well. I think they have a couple of players who are a little bit streaky, and I think the Winnipeg Jets are peaking at the right time. Um, I think they're they're getting their act together a little bit, and I think I think the Winnipeg Jets might be able to take this one on uh, better than a lot of people are expecting them to. We were looking at Dom's model before this, and he has this as the the tightest matchup of any of the playoff um, matchups that we see in the first round, which I think is pretty valid. Obviously, the standings are a little bit skewed, um, but that's over the course of 82 games, and we know that this Winnipeg Jets team is not the same team as they were in November, and they're certainly not the same team as they were in February and March. So it'll be really interesting to see. Brady, what are you thinking uh, we can expect to see in this series? Oh, man. For me, uh, you know what it is? Uh, the, the real X factor here is that we have Nate Schmidt now. Uh, not Vegas. We have Nate Schmidt. Uh, so that means we are going to win. And that was, no, I'm kidding. Um, I, I think the real important thing here is goaltending. Uh, it will probably say that a million times over the course of this podcast. Um, and, you know, obviously I am biased towards the Jets, but the biggest issue for the Jets all year has been effort and motivation and, and really sticky, being able to stick to the game plan that Rick Bonus has kind of set out for them. Um, and I feel like in the playoffs, like this kind of feels like a bit of a, a last dance without any sort of championships earned before that uh, for this core where they're kind it's probably going to be the last year that these guys are all together. Certainly probably the last year that they're together for a playoff run. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I think that there, there is reason for, uh, Mark Shifley to turn it on. There's a reason for, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois to be as grindy and gritty as possible. And, uh, and Connor Hellebuck does not care about getting a Vesna. All he cares about at this point is getting himself a cup. And I feel like, uh, while I don't think that is going to likely happen this year, uh, I think that the rest of the team also can acknowledge that they need to be a little bit better for him. Uh, so if the team plays well and if Connor Hellebuck is Connor Hellebuck, uh, I think that that is the natural. Uh, I, I just I just feel like this is the the most easy upset to call in the uh, in all of the playoffs. Um, and yeah, the the goaltending for Vegas is kind of is kind of weird. Uh, I I don't have. Uh, you know, looking at looking at Vegas, like they've got some guys who are all banged up. Mark Stone is just coming back from injury. Who knows if he was held out for cap reasons and is actually better than we think, uh, or if potentially he, uh, you know, is still really banged up and is just coming back for the playoffs. Uh, he maybe not, might not be as effective as usual. Um, but Alex, I, I'll throw it over to you now. How do you feel about this series? And uh, obviously, Mark Stone is is a is a is a guy you know very well. Maybe you can touch on uh, how he might be able to affect this series as well, too. But just give me your thoughts on uh, the Jets Vegas series here. Yeah, Stone's health is probably an X factor in this series. To be honest, if he is, you know, fully healthy and comes back like we saw Kucherov come back in that shortened season a couple of years ago, where he missed all fifty six games and was a rock star. I think that puts, you know, Winnipeg in a little bit of trouble. But that being said, I was recording my podcast for predictions uh, yesterday. And here I thought I was having a hot take and I, I took Winnipeg in seven. Um, and, and, you know, the reason was it was kind of why you guys laid it out. A, Connor Hellebuck, uh, I have so much faith in him in the net that he's going to be the best goalie in the series. Uh, especially when you look to the other side. I've really liked what Logan Thompson's done this year. He got hurt again a week and a half ago. That, that probably hasn't been talked about too much, where I'm not even sure how healthy he's going to be. And if he's not healthy, you have a Jonathan Quick, who has just not been good this year, You know, looks pretty washed. I, I don't think that's a matchup that any Vegas fan's going to want to see if it comes down to it. Um, so, And then as well, yeah, like you guys mentioned, this Vegas team has struggled to stay healthy all year. And I think... Um, it's something where Petrangelo, Eichel, Stone have obviously all missed different amount of time. Eichel's really hot coming in the playoffs, so you know that's definitely something that they're going to have to watch out for. But um, this Vegas team, you know, we we've seen them struggle with injuries, and in past playoffs, I think too their problem has been depth scoring, especially when a guy like Mark Stone starts to get tied up and that top line can't do too much. So that's going to be another thing where. You know, if Connor Hellebuck is shutting down their top guys, is Vegas going to be able to dig in deep and find a couple goals that they need? Um, because, you know, we've seen, obviously, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but the years before that, yeah, they made the conference finals, which is nothing to, you know, scoff at or anything. But when they played teams that really shut them down defensively, they had no answer for it. Um, you know, thinking Montreal in the bubble year, or not the, the year after the bubble, the shortened season, they played them in the conference final. And, and Montreal played a really 
frustrating game where they just did not give you much space in front of their own net and Vegas was lost. So uh, I, I do think Winnipeg has a good shot and I think 50, 50 is an, an accurate uh, statement for the series. Cause I really do think it could go either way. Uh, I think it'll go six and seven, six or seven, whoever wins, but um, I'll, I'll take Winnipeg and seven. I'll give me the upset. I, uh, yeah, I, definitely. And I, I'm always team. If you're predicting a team to win in seven, seven like and you said it best yourself like you're you're seeing it could go either way i don't like when people are like oh yeah like whoever in seven games I'm like if you think the other team's gonna take off three how are you so confident it's gonna be a a seven game series or whatnot but um i i fully agree that i think it's gonna be a lengthier series than some other ones um i'm going jets in six and for those of you who know me you know that i'm a pretty pessimistic jets fan so if i actually have these good vibes coming in um maybe there there's something to consider because usually I'm pretty down on this team and and I'm actually not right now. I'm pretty excited for them and I'd love to see, like Brady said, one last dance for this team uh, go the right way. So I'm going Jets in six. Uh, I, I'm going to take Jets in seven. Uh, I also, I'm, we might see a, a Laurent Brassois versus Hellebuck series, which is hilarious because they, you know, obviously were, we had both of them uh, for a while there. Um, but yeah, I, I think goaltending is the biggest, the key in here. And, uh, and uh, Alex, you said you're surprised by the fact that, you know, we both took the jets here. Uh, we are jets fans. I hope you know that we are biased. We have to, we have to cheer for our team. Uh, no, but we try yes, to, be but you did come on my podcast last week and complained about them for 20 minutes. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the life of a jets fan though. I mean, uh, it, it's all about what, what it's, it's about expectations and that the jets just never seem to get up to the expectations we have for them they show that they're a good team and then they do and then they become the worst team for two months straight uh but hey the, uh, as Liz said I think they're kind of turning it on at the right time uh but this is gonna be a really fun series and I cannot wait to uh to watch every game we'll be doing game over obviously we got to plug that so make sure you tune in after the games to come uh come chat with me and Liz. let us know how you feel about the games but anyways that's enough about the Jets and Vegas series. Let's move on now. Uh, let's do Dallas and Minnesota. This one is uh, very interesting. The the Central Division two and three. Uh, Alex, I'm going to throw to you first. How are you feeling on this series here? Uh, I, it should be a good one. I think this is two kind of underrated teams, maybe for at least for people out on the East Coast like myself who don't uh, don't get to watch some of the Western teams as much. You know, I, I think everyone. Everyone knows how good the Oilers are, and obviously the Avalanche get talked about, rightfully so. And and even being from Canada, the Winnipeg Jets get their fair share of talk with their playoff race with the Flames coming down to the end there. But, you know, Dallas and Minnesota both quietly had over 100 points, and Dallas was leading this division for a very large amount of the year. And, and I still really like this Dallas Stars team, to be honest. I think same goes with Minnesota. You know, Matthew Boldy took a step forward this year. Uh, and he's looked really good. I want to see if Marco Rossi can make a difference in a playoff series or not. Um, you know, Minnesota's got a good team for the cap implications that have been put against them for those buyouts on Suter and Parise a couple years ago. But I, I really think it comes down to um, Dallas's high end talent again. Like I, you know, Kirill Kaprasov is an amazing player, uh, but Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Miro Heiskinen, um, you know, Dallas is loaded. And I really like, you know, talked about, I believe someone mentioned the checklist earlier. Well, Dallas has got that star forward in Jason Robertson and even Joe Pavelski, you could argue. Uh, they don't maybe don't have a star centerman, but they have a really good depth at center with Wyatt Johnston coming in and being a really solid 2C for this team, which bumps Tyler Sagan all the way down to 3C and Radic Faxa to 4C. Um, and then on the blue line, Miro Heiskanen is a legit number one defenseman. Um, he is really good. So if you put eyes on him, you're going to know who their number one is very quick when you watch the Dallas Stars. And then in net, you got Jake Ottinger, who is one of the best young goalies uh, in this league. So I, I really do think they check off a lot of boxes that you're looking for a team that could make a deep run. And when it comes to this series specifically, I I, I don't uh, I, I do like the Minnesota team. I think if they're going to win, it's going to have to be defensively. You know, Minnesota's another team that props their goaltenders up and has had solid goaltending this year as well. So they're going to have to try and stymie, I think, a Dallas offense. But I, I just really like this Dallas team head to toe. Um, so that, I, that's what I'm going to be leaning towards, I think, in this series. But I, I think it should be close and should be a good back and forth series. Yeah, it's it will be it should be a very close series. And in my opinion, like, man, just honestly, just go look at the rosters on daily face off and, and look at the stars roster and then look at the wild roster. And it's just like, man, ugh, like the issue here I see is there, it's just not enough, de not enough depth for uh, 
for the wild. And I think you hit the nail on the head, just being able to throw down onto the third line, like going back to the stars, like on their third line, they have Sagan, Mason Marchment and Max Domi. And like, those are three guys who can play. And then like, again, Radic Faxa is a guy who could be very easily like a third, like third line, second line guy. And he's on the fourth line. It's like, they have uh fantastic depth. It'll be very funny to see Ryan Suter, uh, dunk on the uh, on the wild who who bought him out uh and just for him to go here and potentially beat them and then man like i i wanted to say that the the jets have the best goalie in the west and the only reason i would pause and say on that is jake ottinger is an animal and is just getting better and better every year as he get gets older um i like this stars team i i think could go on a pretty deep run here in, in my opinion um but yeah, like I and also just Marc Andre Fleury is not Marc Andre Fleury anymore. Uh, Philip Gustafson is young and kind of unproven a little bit, and is probably propped up by uh, the Wild system. So, uh, but like I'm looking right now, I'm sure this isn't the actual lineup because this is probably they might have rested some guys. But they have uh, their second line listed as Brandon Duhame, Connor Dewar, and Ryan Reeves. Like I don't think that's an actual. Yeah, that- Second line. That but... was an updated one from their final game. I, I did <laughs> yeah. the same thing yesterday, and I was like, what is going on here? But uh, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe Ryan Reeves gets in a couple pe- people's kitchens. And yeah, Kirill Kaprizov is is a monster. But Jason Robertson is too. And Pavelski is an ageless wonder. So uh, I I do have to give the edge to the stars here. And, uh, and yeah, what about you, Les? How are you feeling on this series? Yeah, you guys are a little bit more conflicted on this than I am. Um I don't have a lot of faith in this Minnesota Wild team, if I'm being completely honest with you. And they're not, at least from what I've watched this year, um, and and they fully handed the Jets' own butts to them, right? Like, I'm not saying this um, to disrespect the Minnesota Wild. They've played some good hockey against the Jets, but they're not a big off-the-rush team. Like, I want to compare them more to a Carolina-esque style of play than some other teams um, that you see. And they create more net front chaos as opposed to, like, nice shots from the like you know from the outside off the rush all that good stuff so i think playing against a goalie like jade jade ottinger who's not going to screw that up as much is not going to be good for them um i think their chaotic chances and and their you know scrappy in front of the net play um they they benefit from playing against poor goaltenders who aren't going to be as quick to read those and manage them properly and um it's similar to my colorado seattle assessment right where i'm saying you look at all the boxes um star power depth goaltending they have it all i'm i have dallas in four i i don't have a lot of faith in this minnesota wild team this is my only sweep that i'm predicting i like dallas i think that they have a lot of really really good pieces uh and i think they can pull through for sure yeah Uh, alex what was your uh prediction on this series yeah i got dallas in six i think minnesota is gonna be defensively stout enough to probably steal one or two at home but uh, i think dallas is just high-end talent definitely comes through and, and jake ottinger will probably steal a game on his own for sure. I think uh, for me, I have Dallas in five, uh, in my opinion. I, I just, again, I don't see it happening for the wild here uh, as much as I'd love to pump uh, Nick Patan's tires. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a factor in this series. <laughs> uh, but anyways, let's let's move on here. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty concrete that we have Dallas going forward. Uh, let's move on to the Edmonton LA series. This is going to be an absolute battle this is by far in my opinion other than the Jets series the most interesting one like as far as like the the two best teams like the the probably going to be the most fun uh series uh in this in this first round of the west at least um because man the Edmonton Oilers are an absolute wagon right now Connor McDavid is crazy but L- the LA Kings are just such an underrated uh, like n- not enough people are talking about how good they've been this season, uh, getting in some new goalies. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not sure how confident I am with Phoenix Copley and, uh, and Jonas Corposalo, but, uh, Corposalo has shown that he can turn it on in the playoffs. Uh, and Phoenix Copley has been really good for them this year. So depending on who they end up going with, I think they have a decent chance. And Edmonton is also decently questionable for goaltending. Um, I'll maybe give my thoughts on this, uh, after, uh, that was just me kind of previewing the series. Alex, I'm going to throw to you again. How are you feeling on the Oilers and Kings series? The, the, the Gretzky bowl, who's going to win this? Who's going to win the Gretzky uh, series? 
Yeah, I'm excited for this. A rematch from last year's round one as well. And it's not very often two teams rematch against each other in round one in the same seeds. And you can feel confident both teams got a lot better from the year before. You know, like I can't remember the last time that's really, truly happened. And um, uh, but I think that is the case in this year with uh, LA and Edmonton. Edmonton, the, the addition of Matthias Ekholm has, has slotted that defense core much more appropriately to where they need to be. Stuart Skinner, you know, I'm a little worried about Edmonton's goaltending as well. Jack Campbell's been just abysmal this year, so Stuart Skinner will probably get the starts. And he, he's looked better this year, but, you know, he's obviously still a young guy and unproven. Um, and then, obviously, yeah, what's there more to say than the the uh, the Edmonton Oilers offense led by Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? The one thing I'm going to be interested to watch uh, – this series is do they split McDavid up from like uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman and let him kind of carry his own line and have that third line of Zach Hyman and Ryan Nugent Hopkins do their own work or do they load up the top six and say, all right, we just need our bottom six not to get hurt. Uh, and I think they would be better off doing the first where they let Connor McDavid run his own line. And the reason I say that is I think that the, uh, the LA Kings most underrated part of their team is probably the, how deep their forward core is. They are much like Seattle in terms of all four lines can really hurt you. If you give them a chance, you know, adding Kevin Fiala, Victor Arvidsson, Philip Deneau over the past couple of years is, and obviously with Quentin Byfield now playing full time this year, like it's really given them a one, two, three, four punch down the middle. And, you know, for a team that's got a really underrated blue line, I'll say as well, um, I think the LA Kings are going to give Edmonton more trouble than than most people think, but I do think this is going to be an incredible matchup. Yeah, it's gonna... yeah, definitely. Go oh, ahead, go ahead Brady. Uh, it's going to be really exciting. Like I, I cannot wait to see this series because this is going to be one where both teams are going to take a a big piece of flesh out of each other. Uh, and going into the second round series again, if we're if we're if we're talking Jets again, like if if the Jets win, they, they're playing the winner of this series. So, uh, so point is, I don't want to play either of them because uh, they are both scary teams. Uh, I th I think the the most important thing is is looking at how the Oilers have played since adding uh, both Nick Bukestad and the more important one, Matthias Ekholm. It is night and day. They have been the best team in the NHL since adding those guys. Um, and I, as much as I really do think that the the Kings are a great team and decent and pretty underrated, um, I just I I just don't think anything's gonna get in the way of McDavid this year. I feel like this is the year where he's just like, I uh, I oh you guys said I can't score goals, let me just score sixty five. Uh oh you guys think I can't get through the the playoffs? Well look at me now. Uh and he's got more than just him now. He's again adding Zach Hyman, adding Evander Kane. Uh, all these guys help so much. And then again, the, the big thing that we always talked about with the, with the, uh, the Oilers was how, you know, we're not really confident in their goaltending. I feel much more confident in Stuart Skinner these days. Um, especially if they are going to play him, which it seems like that is going to be their game one goalie. But then also even further, like, I think, um, I think, I think Sean, Re we had Sean Reynolds on, uh, on game over Winnipeg a couple games ago, and he was just talking about how, uh, the Oilers, like the 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 thing that we've always said is bad for the Oilers is their goaltending. I think adding a guy like Matthias Ekholm completely changes uh the makeup of how even the goaltending looks because their defense previously was just not was just not it. And just adding a guy who can slot in, take up twenty five minutes, uh, and help things out defensively, obviously is going to have a huge effect on their goaltending. And again, since adding those guys. They have been the best team in the NHL, uh, and I think they're just going to steamroll. Uh, at least I feel like they're going to steamroll the playoffs. Although I think the Kings are going to give them a good uh, a good series. Uh, I I have to take Edmonton here, so I'm going to take Edmonton. I'm going to say in six, in my opinion. Um, Liz. Yeah, I think um, you brought up a really good point at the beginning of what you're saying there about how. You know, what we're seeing right now is Edmonton is the second seed because of the aggregate of wins um, that they have over the course of an 82-game season. But I care a lot more about what's happened to them in the back half, and no one cares that they were rocking a 500 early on in the season. This team is on fire, and it's going to take... I don't know what it's going to take to stop them, but I think the LA Kings is one of the better teams... Um, you know, for someone like myself who hates the Oilers, um, I'm happier that they're playing a team like the Kings because I think um, 
LA has the upper hand when it comes to matching. Uh, I think when it comes to lines and how they choose to stack up against the Oilers, they can play with the cards that are given to them. Edmonton, I think, is going to put a lot of emphasis on who they want to match McDavid against and who they want um, to be playing against one another. I think Edmonton or LA, just with the fact that their stars are all people who are extremely responsible that can contain people as well, um, they have that advantage there. But I think that's an advantage that would work out really well against the likes of literally any other team, but probably not against Connor McDavid. So I think um, there are a lot of really, really good parts of this LA Kings team, and I fully agree with both of you that this team isn't talked about enough. Um, I always find them a little bit of a boring team that's kind of an afterthought with a lot of people, um, but I think that they'll give the LA, or the Edmonton Oilers a run for their money more than whoever Edmonton plays in the second round when they inevitably make it there. I think um, this one will be a, a battle, and I think then they're going to steamroll through into the Western Conference Final, and then we'll see what happens from there. Um, but if I pull up my predictions super quick here, I have Oilers in five, um, but it's going to be really interesting, and it's going to be some definitely some good hockey. Alex? Yeah, I got Oilers in seven. I think it'll be back and forth. I could see it going either way, but I do have just a little more confidence in uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl pulling through for the Oilers. For sure. All righty. Well, there's the East. Uh, or sorry, There's the West. Uh, now let's move on to the East. Sorry. Cross the cross the wires. Uh, all right. You know, I think we, we do have to start. We got to start with the Bruins. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. This might be, this might be quick, but it, if it's not, then, you know, it is what it is. Uh, how are we feeling again, uh, on the 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 record Bruins uh, versus the Florida Panthers coached by Paul Maurice? How are we feeling on this series? Uh, Liz, let's go to you first. I think the Boston Bruins are a little bit too good to be true. I think that they have a lot of really, really good pieces. Obviously, they have two borderline Vezina caliber goaltenders, you know, granted games played and all that good stuff that they can rely on. But, you know, only one goalie plays in a game. But that being said, it's not like they're being propped up by a Vezina goaltender. And if anything happens to that player, they're screwed. Their depth is amazing. They have some fantastic defenders. One of my favorite defense scorers in the league. Um, they have a couple of players who have certainly been there before in Marchand and Bergeron. And they've been great. Um, but this is an entirely vibes one where it's just it's playoff hockey. And sometimes the natural course of action just doesn't happen. The Florida Panthers, however, I have no faith in whatsoever. Um, Matthew Kachuk and guys is what I find that team to be at this point in time. Like they have some good players, of course, but um, a Paul Maurice coach team is not a team that I expect to do super well in the playoffs. Um, and also that is fully a biased opinion. And I will completely acknowledge that and will never pretend to be anything but biased against Paul Maurice. But all that's to say, I do have Boston winning that series because of the Florida Panthers. However, I have a lot less faith in the Bruins going forward solely because it just makes sense for a record-breaking President's Trophy winning team to not win the Stanley Cup, because why wouldn't it be? Um, Alex, what are you thinking? Yeah, I I do wonder what this Florida team can do to slow down Boston. I think Florida's a little better than maybe they showed. I'm worried about Borowski and Nett and their blue line. Their blue line sucks. There's not much way around it. But I do like their forecore, and even with Paul Maurice, amazingly, this year, Florida was like third in expected goals for per 60 and Corsi four per 60. So they're definitely a high volume offense team. And I kind of wonder if they can lean into that, if they can try and overwhelm Boston a little bit, but I, I just think Boston's the better team. They've showed it all year. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people compare them to that Tampa Bay team that got swept and, Oh, they're trying too hard in the regular season. I think that was just bad luck. I, I got Boston in five. I, I think Boston rolls here, but I think if Florida is going to have a chance, it's going to be, they need to just say, screw defense. Let's just go all offense and let's get into a track meet here. Yeah. L looking at this series, like I'm just going to present to you one, one thing of, of statistical importance. Uh, Linus Allmark, Linus Allmark played 49 games this year and had six losses, <laughs> 49 games and six losses. So, you know, in seven games, I I don't I, I'm not going to do the math on it, but I don't think that equates out to 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 four losses. I think it equates out to one, maybe two. Um, I I man, this this Bruins team is just so good. Uh, I'm not sure if I would necessarily have them to to win the cup particularly, just because again, it's it is infrequent that the you know the Presidents Trophy team does win the cup, and you know things happen in the playoffs. You never really know. But this first round series is not the point of exit, in my opinion, for the Bruins. 
Uh, they are just too good of a team. Like, I'm sorry. They are just too good of a team to lose out to uh, the the Panthers. And, you know, I looking at it, like, it might not even be Bobrovsky playing in, in that. Like, they might go Alex Lyon, <laughs> which is hilarious to think about. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just their defensive core is just not good enough for the Panthers. I do like a, lo- a lot of what they have on forward. But, again, I just don't think that they have the, the depth to fully compete with the Boston Bruins who have who kind of have it all. They have goaltending, they've got depth, they've got forwards, they've got grittiness. Uh they're going to piss you off. Uh the I'm sorry. Like you just I just have to give it to the Boston Bruins and it would be kind of insane to sit here and go, "Yeah, you know, actually I'm going to have the Panthers." In my I think it would be a little bit a little crazy to do so. Um I'm going to say it will be Boston. I think I'm going to say in 5. I don't think it's a sweep. I think I think the Panthers do steal one. Um, List, what, what was your prediction on uh, on how many games this will go and uh, and officially who will win? Boston in six. Um, I have a little bit of faith in the Florida Panthers to pick it up a little bit. I completely agree with what Alex said about um, not overcompensating on trying to fix their defense because only God can help that defense at this point. Um, and I think that if they go all out in their competitive advantage, which again would never happen under a Paul Maurice team, but one can dream to make this playoff series a little bit more exciting. I think they could take a couple games off of the Boston Bruins. I go Boston in six, but if that one's a sweep where it goes in five, I wouldn't be surprised. Fair enough. Uh, alrighty, let's move on then here. Uh, let's move on to the Canes and Isles series, the other uh, wild card versus uh, top in their division. Uh, Alex, uh, I'm going to throw to you first. How are you feeling, uh, Canes versus the Isles? It's an interesting one. I really don't know what to make the Hurricanes. I could see them losing in this round, or I could see them going all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, to be completely honest with you. Um, I, I think it's really unfortunate because if they had Sveshnikov and Pacioretty, I, I think this is a team that you're probably looking at as uh, uh, much closer to a cup favorite than anything else. But without those two, that's obviously a big loss. And even missing a guy like Andre Kasha from the bottom six kind of sucks as well. But for this series specifically, I like Carolina's roster more than the the Islanders, uh, which is why I'm going to lean Carolina, I think. But I do think the Islanders, like this is the least, this is the matchup I would have wanted the least if I was the Hurricanes. And I say that because I do think the Hurricanes, they they love shooting the puck in bulk and they love, you know, all the, like Brent Burns, how many times do we watch him just pound power play shots from the point and whatnot, even though it's not the most efficient thing in the world. And if there's a goalie I'm going to trust to make 45 stops in a, uh, a night every night, it's Ilya Sorokin. You know, he's been absolutely dominant for two years now, but especially this year, he really turned it up another level as well. So um, I, I think Carolina, you know, I just, the Islanders roster, it's better now. Barzell's going to be a huge question mark. He's coming back. Who knows how healthy he is? If he is healthy, that gives them a nice one-two punch of Barzell and Bo Horvat. But the, the Islanders roster top to bottom is just always so... It's just so okay, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. I never feel great about it. So I, I think it will be a close series. But just in general, I do like the... Uh, the Hurricanes roster to win out a a little more. But what I'm going to be really curious to keep an eye on is what one of three goalies do they start in game one? Because I I think you could really make an argument for any of Frederick Anderson, Antti Ranta, or uh, Kachekov as well. Yeah, it'll it'll be a very interesting series. And I think you hit the nail on the head of like, this is the the you know the worst series potentially for the hurricanes and i think even i i would have said probably the the same thing if it was isles versus boston the islanders just kind of have this weird playoff aura around them um but i just i think also we are also kind of overrating uh their system this is not a barry trotz team anymore um and and i just you know i look at this team and i don't think that they necessarily have the uh the defensive acumen to necessarily just shut down uh another team um the the big like the big x factor here very obviously is Ilya Sorokin and how well he can do uh to hold the Islanders in it but this is just not a a like this it's just not the Barry Trotz uh Islanders anymore so I don't think that they'll be able to get it done even though I think that Ilya Sorokin will steal a couple games for them um but yeah Matt Barzell's health health uh 
the they have the perpetual fourth line of Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck, uh, which will will rough things up, and they'll they'll try and you know grit their way through this series. But I think that I have skill coming out on top, despite the fact that Sveshnikov and uh and who who's the other one uh is out a patch ready. Um, they still are a fantastically good team, and I look at them top to bottom, and this feels like the year that maybe they can kind of the the Hurricanes can kind of get you know, some decent traction in the playoffs, hopefully. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, I do have the the Hurricanes coming out on top. Uh, I'm going to say in six. I think I think Sorokin steals two games, but I think the Hurricanes are, like, definitively the better team throughout this series. Yeah, I think you make a good point about the coaching change, but I do still think that this New York Islanders team is really good at containing explosive offenses. And I know that they're good at containing strong rush offenses. And Carolina, everyone knows, is notorious for their dumping, chaos, this, that, whatever. Brent Burns, like you said, the heavy point shots and all that good stuff and just kind of creating their own energy and capitalizing on that. And I think the way the New York Islanders play can help mitigate that a little bit. And I am really interested to see how they manage that offense. But I think Sorokin is too good to not think that this Islanders team has a chance. I'm so dead serious about this. And I think that um, Sveshnikov is a blow for sure. Um, But I don't know. And maybe it's because I don't have a lot of faith in this, the unknown quantities of the Carolina Hurricanes team that haven't seen a ton of success in the last couple of years. And maybe it's because I've run out of patience on, oh, this will be the year that they figure it out because they haven't quite done so yet. Um, I have a good feeling about the Islanders in this series. Um, I know Brady is kicking and screaming over that one because of how much he dislikes that team. And I think both you raise some really good points. And again, it's the type of thing that I could see totally going either way. And if Carolina is to win, it's going to be for all the reasons that you said. Um, But I think Sorokin has been sneaky good this year. And sneaky good as in, like, the fact that he's not on everyone's Vezina ballot means that he's slightly underrated because of how fantastic he's been. Um, so I think that that's a player that I have no confidence in discounting. Uh, so I think the New York Islanders take it in six. Uh, however, this is one that I could see turning on its head very easily, depending on how the tone is set in the first couple of games. For sure. So we have Islanders in six. What was yours again, Alex? Uh, I'll go Canes in seven. I think it'll be close, but uh, I'll lean Canes. For sure. I have Canes in six. Uh, I also just want to mention, doesn't this doesn't this Islanders team kind of remind you of like an uh, an older version of the Jets with like Sorokin being the one man who can hold them in it uh, kind of a la, you know, Connor Hellebuck. Um, but anyways, I, I just don't think that they have it. But anyways, let's move on to the next series. We are going to preview the Leafs and Lightning. This is the one we've known about for months and months and months now. Uh, how do we feel on these two teams? Alex, how are you feeling on both of them? And maybe you can give us a little more insight as to, since you probably watched a little more Eastern hockey than we did. Uh, how do these two teams face off against each other? Yeah, on paper, if you removed all history and we only focused on what we saw this year and what we know this year of players, this should be one of the most lopsided series entering in. However, we cannot do that. And for very good reason, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been to back-to-back-to-back Stanley Cup finals, including winning two of them. Uh, And so there is a very valid point that maybe they're not playing 100% throughout the regular season. And then there's the flip side of things where you have the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a round in 16 years or whatever it is, you know, can't make it on the first round, chokes in every game seven, all this good narrative stuff. Um, But this season alone, it's not a lie to say the Tampa Bay Lightning have not looked like the Tampa Bay Lightning. They finished, I believe it was 13 full points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs in the standings. Like it really was a big gap by the end of the year. Um, That being said, I don't think the Leafs are going to walk over Tampa. I do think Tampa is going to give a a fight. Uh, My biggest questions going into this game are a, can Tampa's depth uphold with Toronto's depth? Tampa has been obviously just eaten away by the salary cap over the past couple of years, you know, having to trade, whether it's trading away guys like Tyler Johnson, uh, they lost Andre Palat to the New Jersey Devils this offseason, had to trade away Ryan McDonough, who, you know, maybe he's a bit overrated, but it's still a a solid defenseman, right? 
Um, so that's going to be my biggest question is can some of the bottom six guys that Tampa have called up actually compete with, you know, some of the solid bottom six guys and maybe even a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, if Toronto wants to use him on their third line. Uh, and then my other big question, because obviously we knew goaltending is going to be an X factor. I like Samsonov. I think he just needs to be good. He doesn't need to be better than that. Vasilevsky, you know, I just expect him to be great in a series, but my big X factor is Victor Hedman this year. Uh, Victor Hedman has not, he's been fine, but he has not been the Norris caliber defenseman that we have known him to be for the better part of a decade now. And if he is not that Norris caliber defenseman in this series, I don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning stand a chance. Um, that saying, I think it is just as likely that we do see Victor Hedman throw it back even for six or seven games, play those 28 minutes or something absurd like that a night and just suffocate this Toronto Maple Leafs team. So uh, the, the big thing, I think on paper, this Toronto team, you know, people are going to scoff when they're favored against Tampa by about 65 to, to 35. But on paper, they look better. It's just, do the narratives play out? Or does it? is it what we see on paper finally come through for Toronto? Yeah, 100%. 100%. You're entirely right on that. And it's like, you, you nailed everything about if we were to erase years prior and all that good stuff, right? Because this Toronto team is good. Like this is a fantastically built hockey team with a lot of really, really good players, but God almighty, did they just kill themselves in the first round of the playoffs every single year? It's entirely on them. Yes. The Tampa Bay lightning have been good. Yes. Like there have been other things and other teams that have done good things and whatever. No, it's entirely on them. It really is entirely on them. And as much as I don't want to write off, you know, the awesome data that we can collect, you know, the history that we can can gather from this season and what we learned about this team. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs in the first round of the NHL playoffs, right? Like, it's just such a dominant concept and idea and factor in everything that happens here. I think this is the year that they finally do it. Like you said, Alex, they're too good not to. They really are. Um, and Vasilevsky has had a good year. He can become Vasilevsky again in the playoffs, and if he does, that changes a lot. Same thing with Victor Hedman. Hasn't been a great year, but we do know what he's capable of, so you can't write off that that's not going to come through in the playoffs. But depth and the stars and the trade deadline acquisitions that were made by this team, like, this is a really, really good Toronto Maple Leafs team, and if they can finally make it out of this first round, I think they're going to be deadly because that's the big monkey on the back is the first round. It's not making the Stanley Cup finals. We know if they're able to get out of that first round, they can make some noise and they can cause some damage. Um, but it's entirely up to them to not get in their heads about this whole game seven thing and, and just move forward and play good hockey like they know and have been playing for 82 games. I think this is the year they do it. Unfortunately, I would love to see the curse continue. I think it's funny as hell. It's going to happen this year. This this Tampa Bay team just isn't strong enough. Yeah, looking at this series, it's it's it, this is easily the, one of the toughest ones. Even just looking at like the rosters on paper and everything like that, it's this is going to be an absolute battle between the two teams. And I'm I like that you brought up Victor Hedman just because there is no defenseman on the on the Leafs that really can do what he can. Uh, and same thing with, with Vasilevsky, but I'll be honest, man. I think that Ilya Samsonov is uh, a decently underrated goalie. I think he had a fantastic year this year. And man, like I just look at the, the trade deadline acquisitions that this team, that the Leafs made, and I'm going to say it. I think the Leafs do it. I think the Leafs are going to make it out of the first round. I would not be surprised if they even made it out of the second round. Uh, but, of course, that will be probably likely a crash, crash course with Boston. So maybe not. Maybe I'll, I'll pump the brakes on the Leafs right now. But, man, Ryan O'Reilly is such an X factor to have. And having him as potentially your third-line center, incredible. Uh, having guys like... You know, Callie Yarncroft, uh, Nola Chari as your kind of depth third and fourth line guys. Uh, well, I think that's where he'll, especially Yarncroft. Yarncroft has kind of been in the top six here and there, but I think they're going to probably slot Matthew Nye somewhere in there. Um, but man, like this, this series, uh, despite the fact that they have, the Leafs have added on, you know, a bunch of depth scoring who will definitely help and support the team, this series will come down to Austin Matthews. And Mitch Marner. If you look back at the previous series, like they they got depth scoring. It was the issue. The issue was that Matthews and Marner just did not produce in uh, in their previous series. I think it was the Lightning series the last time they played them uh, that they both were 
pretty much invisible. Not invisible, but definitely would, aren't giving the impact of, of two you know, $11 million players. John Tavares, I haven't even mentioned. Again, a guy who's still chasing it. Uh, and I'm sure that that kind of, you know, the team will rally around him. Having a guy like Ryan O'Reilly who's been there. Uh, this is just an unstoppable, not an unstoppable, but a, a, ri- a ridiculously good looking um, forward core. And I think the moves that they made kind of fit a team that is really just looking to round out uh, their their lineup in order to make a good run. Um, the defense, I have a little bit of questions on. I think Jake McCabe is fantastic. I think uh, I just they have so many defensemen, so I have no idea how they're gonna you know deploy all of them. Uh, I really like TJ Brody. I I, I think that Morgan Riley can be uh, an important player, but I think Jake McCabe was such an a really good uh addition for them and uh and again i don't think that they're slouching in the goalie department either but but again you look at tampa and they still have you know they still have their third line of uh i mean obviously it ended up switching up a little bit but having like brandon hagel nick paul uh those guys are going to be in the leafs kitchen all the time anthony sorelli is one of the, the best defensive forwards in the game stamkos point kutrov like this is going to be an absolute banger of a series uh i expect this one to go the distance all the way to seven but uh, I'm going to have the Leafs coming out on top. I think they finally get their first playoff win since what, like 2004? I want to say what? What was it? I can't remember. It's yeah, it's 04. Uh, I think they're just get, just going to be shy of of the 20 year uh, milestone of not having a first round win. Uh, I am going to give it to the Leafs on this one here. Uh, so we had Leafs in seven for me. Alex, what was yours again? I need the Leafs in six. I don't trust them to get it done in seven. So I'm going to say they, they do get the win, but they don't want to go to the game seven. They're going to do it in six. And you had, you you had Leafs as well? You stole my – that was what I was going to say is I have Leafs in six as well. And I think Leafs in six, um, what's more likely to me is Leafs in five than Leafs in seven. I think if it goes to game seven, there's no chance. It's it, They're going to get in their heads. There's going to be too much. It's going to be all – this big circus and trade, they're not going to win in game seven. No, no way. If but it, I don't trust Tampa to take them there, but if they do, they'll win it. If it goes to seven, I I'm sticking. I still stick with my, I think it's going to be in seven. I think we're going to get our shot of Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner. Uh, very similar to the OV, like, Oh my God, we got past the pens kind of thing where you can just see him going like, Oh my God, is it going to happen this year? Um, and you know, it would be, it would be one of the best slay the dragon moments until you remember that it's the most insufferable fan base in the entire. Exactly. NHL. Yeah. Yep. And then you don't want happiness <laughs> for any of them. So, yeah. so true. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, this guy. I like this guy. <laughs> but at least then we have something new to hopefully joke about. And then we can say, yell at them about their second round series. And then they'll say, Oh, we, at least we got to the second round. And then we go, Oh, David Ayers. And then it's game over. We all win. <laughs> um, alrighty. <laughs> Let's move on to our final preview. The uh, the Devils and Rangers. This is going to be a real fun one. A good rivalry. New York versus New Jersey. Uh, Alex, how are you sitting on these two teams? Where do you think this one's going to go? Yeah, I'm super excited for this series. I, I think this has the potential to be one of the more underrated series heading in in terms of how much fun this could be. Um, there's a lot of talking points, obviously. Um, the biggest things that come to mind to me right away is how do the Rangers use Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko, who let's be honest, haven't been particularly good since coming over. Um, they, they put up some points, but it's not like they're playing a point per game and they've been abysmal at five on five. Um, like it's pretty clear to me that both of those guys are, are power play merchants at this point in their career. Not that like that. I know that's got a bit of a negative uh, connotation to it, but there can be positive value in that, but you need to figure out how you're going to quote unquote, hide those guys at five on five especially against a New Jersey team that is the exact opposite where they were one of the most dominant teams at five on five. And I really love the Timo Meyer addition for this team. It just bumps everyone down a little bit. You know, uh, they went and got Andre Pilat in the summer. Like they, they've they quietly upgraded this decor as well. If you're the Devils to the point where, you know, it's not elite, but it's quietly a top half defense core in the league, mostly through additions and guys like John Marino and obviously Dougie Hamilton, you know, Ryan Graves is another guy who, you know, if he's in your top two, top three, you're, you're not loving it, but Ryan Graves is their fifth defenseman. And now you got um, Luke Hughes might play some time as an X factor with them as well. So um, yeah, th- this could be a very exciting lineup uh, game to me. Adam Fox is obviously a stud. Uh, Shesterkin's a stud as well for the Rangers. You know, I give the Rangers goaltending an edge. 
Um, I give the Devils roster an edge, which why I'm I'm really excited to see how this series plays out. And I think if the the Rangers are to come on top, it's got to be because of that uh, quote unquote kid line again, where uh, uh, Chitol, uh, Kako, and Lafreniere really need to step up at five on five to control play because. I just I don't see the Rangers top six beating the Devils top six at five on five. For sure, yeah. It will be uh a really interesting series. Uh I, I think you lined out how this the you know, how both teams kind of have an edge in certain aspects. Um, I really like the mention of the kid line. That's the one where I'm like, I look at them and I go, that could be an X factor for that team if those guys are able to turn it on. Obviously, Igor Shostarkin came is, you know, last year was the literally the best goalie in in a long time um so they have a, a lot of you know key pieces i think that will take them decently far in this series uh you know jacob truba obviously on the back end he likes to rough it up too which would be uh you know good uh, on their end maybe give a little bit of bruising to the devils but i think the devils just have the stronger five on five play and obviously we know that penalties kind of go down in the playoffs uh, or at least the calling of them so uh i think that the devils are going to be able to eke it out i love 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 timo meyer i love that addition so much jack hughes has been on another level this year almost 100 points i believe um fantastic big fan of dougie hamilton uh luke hughes can will will potentially be a huge x factor to this team uh i don't love vitek vanacek in net i think he's a good goalie but i just don't think that you know he's not in the upper echelon of goaltending um but i think that this roster up front i like really like thomas tatar at 5v5 i really like um who else was it oh my god who was i looking at before i i just think that they have a, a better depth and even eric Halla is like a guy who i think can really get some stuff done in the playoffs as well too um and i just don't i i feel like they the the rangers have a bit of this kind of like flashiness to them where i just like you know adding patrick kane adam adding vladimir tarasenko uh like, you know, I, I get the the reasoning for those ads, but I don't think that that's going to help them out in the long run. Um, and, you know, Adam Fox is still great, but I just I, I don't know. I just see this one going in, in the way of the devil's favor. It's been a while we've been saying uh, the devils are going to be better, going to get better. Uh, they finally showed this year that they are uh, a better team. And I think that they are going to at least get into the second round and uh, maybe can make some noise uh, going forward in the playoffs. Uh, Liz, how are you feeling on this series? Yeah, I echo pretty much everything that you've all said, so I won't repeat things too much for the sake of time and all that good stuff. But I think the extra elephant in the room is just the whole pressure around this. Is New York was a heavy buying team at the deadline who um, you know, has a couple players that are coming up on contracts and they have a couple of players and um that are have been around for a while that are ready to win and all that good stuff. Whereas New Jersey surprised themselves this year by being as good as they were. There's no pressure for this team. These guys are projected to be at their best in three years from now, right? Like, I think this team is going to go in and play their best hockey, and if they lose in the first round, they'll say, okay, they'll regroup for next year, come back with the same group, and they'll be just as good. So I think that extra piece of pressure that the New York Rangers have on them, I don't know how it's... I think it's going to impact the series in some way um which makes me think that the new york rangers are gonna not want it a little bit more because really in the playoffs everyone wants it equally as bad and you'll never see a team that really wants it more than the other um but i think new york has a lot more to play for than new jersey does i think the expectations should be a little bit higher for that new york rangers club where after what they had last year and and their goaltender is just so fantastic and has the ability to be the best goalie in the league um and i think with a team that's as offensively gifted and has as many strong offensive players, you know, as Vinajad, Kreider, Panarin, and the two additions of Tarasenko and Kane, right? Like, if you don't have a goaltender the way New Jersey doesn't have a goaltender, I worry for them. I really do. So I think this series goes to seven. Um, I sound pretty heavily in favor of the Rangers right now, um, but you guys covered all of the really important bases with the Devils. So I really think this one's a coin toss. For me, I have the Rangers winning in seven, but when a series goes to seven games, it, it, it's anyone's match. So I, I think the Rangers come out on top of this one, but I won't be surprised one way or another. All I know for sure is that this is going to be the series outside of the Winnipeg Jets that I'm going to pay the most attention to because it's going to be some fantastic hockey. For sure. Alex, what did you have uh, for your prediction? 
I'm going to take Devils in seven. Uh, again, I, I do think it could go either way as well. Wouldn't be surprised if either of these teams win, but uh, I just, I really like their five on five roster much more. So I think it'll, uh, it'll be enough to give them the edge in seven. I, uh, I will, I will hit, hit a ditto on that one. I, I completely agree with you. And I, I'm going to sit and say seven, uh, seven games with the Devils coming out on top. And again, this will be a coin flip. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic series. I, I completely agree, List. This one will be very interesting to watch. Uh, there's a lot of really good series this year. Like, I, I actually don't think that we could have gotten many better matchups. I maybe would have, I would have liked to see the Canes and Panthers and then Bruins and Isles. That's the one swap I think I would do, at least in the East. And I'll be honest, like Dallas, Minnesota, Edmonton, LA, like those are both really interesting and good matchups. I love that we're going to play Vegas, the Jets, of course. Uh, and then Colorado, Seattle is maybe a bit of an outlier, but I think that that's a really interesting one as for all the reasons we mentioned before. Um, do we have anything else we want to want to touch on? We've already we've hit an hour here. We're actually about to hit an hour in five seconds. So uh, Alex has been very gracious with our, with his time. So I think we'll probably wrap it up unless you have anything else you want to say here, Liz. Uh, or Alex either as well too. No, good, cool. All right, great. Uh, thank you again, everyone, for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being patient with us. We, it has been a really weird season for Liz and I, uh, both getting hired onto Game Over and then you know following the Jets uh, for an entire season. Uh, it was a lot to deal with for both of us uh, with our personal lives and everything. So this unfortunately fell by the wayside. But we do plan to do more uh, Can't Each Sides episodes. Probably at the end of each round, we'll kind of do a little bit of a review and then uh, talk about the upcoming series. Uh, I really want to thank Alex. Thank you so much for your patience here today uh, with everything that happened at the start of the show. But this was uh, really great. Uh, you fantastic today. Uh, please do check out Alex's stuff. He's on Twitter at NHL Sends and Stuff. Uh, check out his podcast, Eminem Podcast. Check out Locked on Sends. Uh, anything else you want to plug here, Alex? Or is, did I hit them all? Uh, no, that's about it. Um, yeah, as you said, Twitter's where you can find all my stuff. Uh, writing lastwordonhockey.com. Podcast is Last Word on Sends Podcast. And then the Eminem Hockey Podcast. So you can get that wherever you're listening to this as well um so yeah just check me out if you and twitter's the best place to find it though that's where i plug all my work and always happy to talk uh, hockey with anyone so thank you both so much for having me this was a blast awesome thank you again for tuning in uh and er, for for joining us and thank you everyone listening to for tuning in uh i will say our goodbyes now have yourselves a wonderful uh weekday whenever you're listening to this i uh, hope you guys all enjoy the playoffs it's the best time of the year the first round is when the best hockey is always played um but anyways we'll see you here catch us on game over check out alex's stuff have yourselves a good one i'm always bad at outros have a good day bye-bye <laughs>